Fallen! All right, all right. Everybody take a seat, grab a drink. Let's get this show started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Motivation Alley, our final episode of season two. And today I have an amazing guest on, um, Jesse Simpson. He is a Marine Corps combat veteran. He is also the Arizona State Firefighter of the Year, uh, resigned from his dream job, his dream career, uh, and he has spent the last two years backpacking and traveling the world. Um, if you follow his Instagram page, I mean, he's got some amazing pictures, the the most beautiful places he's been to. Uh, I mean, th- this is like everybody's dream to be able to travel the world and do these awesome things, right? But um, Jesse dealt with... Um, suicidal ideations, substance abuse. So he's also got uh, a tale for you guys, right? A cautionary tale. And he's going to talk about um, everything he's done to conquer those, you know, those, those demons, if you will. Um, He's a founder of action oriented uh, company, also action adventures. And he's going to tell us all about these uh, companies, why he built them, you know, why, uh, you know, they're of value to you. Obviously, you know, um, just from seeing his Instagram page is, is super motivational. The things he's done, the things he's done with his life. Um, I've known him for a, a few years and, you know, I didn't know a lot of the struggles that he was going through, you know, which is pretty common within our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we just don't know, you know, you look around and like Jesse, you know, the firefighter, you know, like you said, former Arizona state firefighter of the year. You're like, this guy's got an amazing life. And meanwhile, you know, he's dealing with, with some demons. You know, so, you know, you never know. And, and, and Jesse's a perfect example of how you can turn that stuff around and you can make uh, uh, a great life out of this and also share it with others. So, Jesse, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Mario, for having me. It's crazy to think about how much our lives have changed in the last four years since we first met. Yeah, it is. It's been, a, I mean, we, we both of us have kind of on, on different journeys, but I guess that's, that's just life, right? You can't stay stagnant. You know, that's the one thing, no matter if you're doing well or, or not doing well, I think, you know, you know, keep on moving on is, should be everyone's theme. Yeah, absolutely. In Afghanistan at our patrol base, we got a sign that said complacency kills. It's true. Yep. Very true in the military world, of course. But then I think on the outside in the civilian world, complacency is like the biggest killer of your progress of your dreams of your goals and like you said mario we got to keep moving forward yeah so how how have you applied that in your civilian life starting with when when you got out of the military what were you doing different so that you weren't staying complacent you know it's crazy to think actually january 15th so about a week ago it was 10 years since i got out of the marine corps and Coming back after my third deployment of combat tour to Afghanistan, I was feeling invincible. I was like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to crush whatever I do. There's nothing that can stop me. And and really, when I was separating from, from the Marines, I felt, I feel like what I was pretty much taught to do is to just rack up as much disability, go home, collect unemployment, smoke weed, go to community college, and just kind of cash checks. And that was the mindset I had getting out. Like, I had done my shit. I was really headstrong, and I was ready to go home and just enjoy life whatever that meant and what i found is that i did that and i was i started to get super depressed and anxious and like really like like 
my brothers were all scattered across the country. I had no sense of purpose or direction, and I was felt really lost. And I was like masking all this stuff with, with by smoking weed and sitting on the couch. And I was I was really starting to lose my way. And I knew that I had to change my life. So I did go to school. I got my I started to get my degree, and that provided some structure that was was very much so needed. But I was still struggling. I was partying too much, and just kind of went back home to be with the friends that I that I had been with, you know, in high school. And they were doing the same thing they've always done. And things just felt different, but I didn't know any better. But a big, a big change for me came in January of 2013. I was fortunate enough to take a volunteer trip to Lima, Peru, to work at an orphanage. Now, I thought about how I, I couldn't wait to get down there and just help these kids. You know, I'm a, I'm a Marine Corps combat veteran. I'm American. I've done all these different things. I've traveled the world. There's no doubt on the way down there that when I got there, I was going to help these kids. But after two unforgettable weeks playing with these, ki- these kids who had sticks and balls and dirt and the biggest smiles on kids that I've ever seen, something started to shift in me. And I started to question my beliefs about who I was or what was most important and the values that I was told to hold on to when I was growing up in the States. And as I was coming back from the States, I, I realized that after those two unforgettable weeks, it was those kids that changed me. And so as we think about, about action, what I, what I was doing to, to not stay complacent is that trip specifically spurred hundreds of hours of volunteer experience. I worked at an orphanage, uh, at a grief camp for kids. I worked at the Phoenix Children's Hospital in the oncology playroom. I was a mentor for two disadvantaged boys. And really, I, I found a sense of purpose is what I did. Because I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest things we, leave, we lose when we leave the military is that sense of purpose. So I had structure from school and I now had a sense of purpose from volunteer work. And those were like two main things that I think were so important as I was transitioning from the military. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we met, um, what was it, 2017 maybe? Something like that? Yeah, 2017. Yep. And you were already in that mode Right. So I knew you when you were trying to help, especially children. If I remember correctly, you were trying to, you know, find a way to, to build some kind of camp or program where you would bring these kids through and they would, um, you know, and match them with with struggling veterans. Right. And I was in yeah. the veteran nonprofit world at the time, and I thought that was an amazing idea. And I know how those things go. You know, they're not it's like it's, it's like it's like a business. Right. Nonprofit world is no different. It's the you know, it requires the same amount of work you know, ethics and, um, you know, getting to know the right people and, and building the right uh, structure. And uh, I, I mean, we became friends since then and, and I loved it. And then just kind of watching you grow from there to what you have now has been a pretty amazing road. But so my question is, obviously, that trip to Peru, you know, um, got you involved with with children. But other than that, what what is the thing that drives you to help children or younger people, too? Because I, I, I read here that, you know, you're your organizations are to help <clears throat> millennials, you know, that are they're struggling or to find their way. And so what, what drives you to work with younger folks? Well, working with kids specifically, I, my, when my parents split up, my mom was an oncology nurse. And when my parents split up, she opened up a childcare. She was a single mom of four kids and she was, she couldn't afford to put us all in childcare. So she opened up a daycare. And so I would always help her at the childcare. So while I was, transitioning and trying to find like what life meant when I was transitioning from civilian to the civilian world, I was just naturally drawn to working with kids. 
another reason is because I had a mentor in seventh grade that saved my life. And as I was thinking about where I would go with my life, I thought about how important it is to just pass on what we've been given. The gifts we've been given, it's so important to pass on. So when I thought about Mr. Blue, my mentor, who really saved my life when I was a troubled, struggling, misguided kid, I felt like it was a natural progression into working with kids. You know, in Arizona, is like the, the, one of the worst states in the country on, on misguided youth, misdirected youth, disadvantaged youth. Um, but when we met, I was, it was when I had just formed this nonprofit, it was called Conflict Complete, and it was like my whole life was preparing me for this. Because like I said, when I was transitioning, it was those kids that gave me this purpose, this sense of direction and, and something to serve that was larger than myself that I started to miss when I transitioned from the military. But it was also on the other side of that, it was what I needed as a, a young misguided boy in seventh grade who had a mentor to save my life. So I, I just knew from my core that if I was able to pair these two groups, these disadvantaged kids and these transitioning veterans looking for purpose and something to give back in some way, I knew that there was something here. And so, like you said, there was just about a million things to do. And we met during that time and it was just the start of the nonprofit. And it really, it was like my whole life had been preparing me to start this nonprofit. Yeah. And that, that's so true because you're absolutely right. Sometimes those struggling veterans, um, just because they're struggling doesn't mean that that they're not useful anymore, right? Society sometimes looks at us, uh, if you have PTSD, you know, suicidal ideations, you know, like you said, uh, you know, maybe, you know, getting into, you know, drugs or alcohol, even smoking weed, things like that. These, these are all coping mechanisms, right, to deal with those, you know, I mean, for lack of better terms, the demons inside of us. And, um, but, but there's always great use for us veterans, you know, um, and one of those is to mentor people because finding purpose, doing those things that you were doing while you were in the military, uh, finding that fire again, you know, is a big deal. And that is how I think you can bring back, um, uh, a veteran back into society, uh, to be, you know, not just fit in, but to, to, to go above and beyond, right? Because we, we answered that call when we joined the military, when we signed, you know, the dotted line and um, you can do it again. I think a lot of folks, they get out of the military and they figure I'll never have that brotherhood or that sisterhood again. And so it can be depressing to think that, but what you've done here is, you know, kind of given those folks purpose again. And at the same time, helping young youth to, 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 to find their purpose, if you will, and, and find a path. So, I mean, I thought it was perfect then, you know, I think it's perfect now. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to have seen, you know, and to see where you're going to be, you know, in another five years, because right now, um, everything's looking, looking good. And man, I, like I said, I watch those videos, <clears throat> pretty inspirational videos, you know what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, you're doing a lot of great stuff, man. And, um, the, just the traveling too. Um, so if you, if you don't mind, can you explain to us a little bit about those travels? Cause for about two years, you traveled all over the world. Um, now, was this to, for you to kind of get some more experience with, with the nonprofit world or with, uh, with working with youth, or was this just more of a youth thing for you to just kind of, uh, escape and, and, and get to know yourself better? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And I, I want to kind of build upon what you just said. And that's like, to veterans out there, like you are not broken. 
and I think it's the biggest disservice that we're doing to our veteran brothers and sisters or who, who didn't make it home, the people who didn't make it home, to just, like, give up, like, as if the end of your service is the end of your life. From my experience, it is the beginning of your life. It was an incredible time, but it's not the end. It's the beginning of a new life that you get to own, you get to step into, and you get to create whatever the hell you want to create in. There's so much, so many resources and opportunities out there in the world wherever you want to go, but you can't just keep this mindset of living in the past. And really that's where we pick up is after we met Mario, I, I spent that, that all that time doing all the things we, we, like you said, like I was so busy and I was working at the fire department. And I was super busy on one, uh, the 16th busiest ladder truck in the country is what it was in 2016, going in 2017. And I was building this nonprofit, working at the fire station. And I started to get notice on these podcasts. I spoke at that, that event we did together. Yeah. I was in, in the newspaper a little bit, all these different things. And it all culminated in September of 2017, me being recognized as the Arizona State Firefighter of the Year. And there I was at the Arizona State Fire School speaking in front of hundreds of firefighters talking about leaving a legacy. And I wrote about, or I spoke about how a legacy is not written in how you die. It's written in how you live. And I spoke about a man named Patty Brown, who was a New York city firefighter killed on nine 11. Now I was in seventh grade on nine 11. I watched the twin towers come down and I didn't know what it meant at the time, but eventually I realized that I'd be a Marine and a firefighter. And it was that, that event, September 11th, that really changed it all for me. And I spoke about this legacy and what it meant, what it meant to me and this man who was my, my inspiration as a kid that saved me when I was looking for direction as a kid. And I kept moving forward. But about a month after that, man, I started to break down. And really, I had been breaking down sort of all along. I was like, I was popping Ritalin to, to keep me awake and going because when you're at the fire station, sometimes you're up four, five, six, seven times a night. You don't sleep at all sometimes. And I was going right into meetings after meetings during the day. And building this business, my, my, my dream business, call it the complete, right? And really what, what ended up happening is that started to catch up with me. So I was popping Ritalin to, to keep me awake, and then I was smoking weed to come down. And I started to, like, get very, very much so worn down, completely burnt out and overwhelmed. And then in October of 2017, it all kind of came to a T. And my, my older brother, who was dying of cancer, started to get worse. My mom lost her child care that she had for 20 years at the time, which kind of just, you know, family stuff was like really wearing on me. They were back in Iowa. I was in Arizona. I couldn't be there, but it just started to grind on me. And then the last straw for me was in October of 2017, there was a machine gun shooting at that country music concert in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. And I was a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. I, I shot machine guns at other people. And to see what was going on at that country music concert really shook me. It, it really hit me hard. You know, I, I'm starting to realize that the vast majority of, of fire service calls are mental health in nature, ranging from drunks and addicts in the streets to suicides and overdoses at home. I'm seeing across the country there's school shootings, there's shootings at country music concerts, like no one is safe. I'm battling now substance abuse problems. I'm smoking weed at work. I'm the firefighter of the year smoking weed at work. And I, I started to break down, man. And I, what, what ended up happening is all those things kind of came on me at once, and I decided to pull the brakes from this nonprofit. So I ended the nonprofit back in October of 2017, and it crushed me, man. I and I, I, I and I, I just spiraled into this deep, deep, dark place. Uh, completely overwhelmed, depressed. I was. I would go to the gym like my only escape, and I would sit down on the bench and like start to cry. And then I would go home and I would like cry. 
And then finally, my girlfriend at the time, she came and she's like, you need to get some help. And I started to get some help. I went out and, and spoke to some people and, and just try to get over myself. But really what, what really started to click in was that I was, well, I started having suicidal thoughts. And then I realized that I was having the same suicidal thoughts that I had when I was in seventh grade. In seventh grade, the summer before seventh grade, like I said, I was a really misguided, troubled kid. I was kicked out of school all the time for fighting, smoking weed, cussing on teachers. And right before seventh grade, I went up to my room after I fought my mom with a butcher knife in my wrist, wishing I was dead. And then, like I said, about a month or two later on September 11th, I started, oh, you know, there's something bigger than just me going on here. And I started to get in trouble. Uh, but it was Mr. Blue that really came in and, and, and saved my life. He took us to the, the YMCA to give us some um, – you know, got us working out and playing basketball and all these different things. Either way, what I realized is that I was, I was having the same suicidal thoughts that I had when I was in seventh grade. And that if I didn't change my life, that I would be living like this forever. And so what happened next is I just kind of worked through this, this struggle. And I had this calling back to Peru in South America. And what I learned about like another way to live life and how simple it was and, and how beautiful it was to be there with these kids who were just so grateful to be alive. And that was literally it. Just that made them smile. And I always want to get back to that because I was starting to get frustrated with the fire service. I'm sick of going on all these calls that are just seem like they're just like, we're putting band-aids on like real problems and just like put them in the hospitals, give them some medication and they're back on the streets and we're doing it again. You know, and, and the year before my best friend from the Marines out of a heroin overdose, and now here I am going on, on overdoses. It's like, that kid's just like my best friend. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? And the, the Vegas thing, all those things just compounded. And I, I started to have these, these suicidal thoughts, and I knew how to change my life. And I fell back to Peru. And as you're talking about traveling, you know, th that's kind of where it came from. And I realized that I, 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 I was just called back. And I thought about the people in my life that have helped change my life, my mentors, the coaches that I've worked with, I thought about how whenever I was struggling, going to school or asking some better questions or reading a book, I was able to get new answers. And then I thought about, like I said, that time in Peru. And so when it kind of boiled down to, I sunk in, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, like, what is most important to you? And I realized that over the course of my life, whether transitioning from the military or in the military or, or, or whatever, it was this idea of, of service growth and action that really saved my life that moved me forward every time I was stuck. And it became this idea about the best measures of a life will live, how much you give, how much you grow and how far you go. And so for me, I became a coach so I can be of service to others in their time of need. At that time, I decided to go back to grad school so I can make a difference on a larger scale. And ultimately the go for me, the action was selling all my stuff, resigning from what I once thought was my dream career and spending, like you said, about two years traveling around the world. So I, I did that, and it was it was um, June 26, 2018, that I took a one-way flight to Costa Rica with no real plans of ever coming home. And um, yeah, man, that's that's, that's pretty how we all start. That's pretty cool, and uh, I bet you that's uh, pardon my French, but fucking therapeutic. <laughs> so absolutely, I mean, and and just like I said, just looking at the pictures. And watching your videos is, is therapeutic because you, you look at these places and 
no wonder we forget the simplest things in life are sometimes the best things, right? Because these children, like you said, while they have more, they don't have much. Um, they're they're living in maybe in poverty, you know, sometimes not the best, uh, you know, places. But the location itself is beautiful around rivers and trees and just nature itself can be so healing. Right. And we forget that living in the cities and stuff. We think like we have it all because, you know, we have a career, we have jobs, we have a home, we have a roof over our heads. But, you know, you look at these things and we look at it like, man, what a great escape. But for these children, that's reality. Right. And so all they can do is smile and, and, and have fun with, with the little things that they have. And I think when you see that, it just, it kind of brings you back to, to your childhood. And when simple things were, that's what made you smile. And I mean, that's gotta be healing. Right. Um, so after that you come back and then you start action oriented. No action oriented. I started up about three years ago now, as I was leaving the fire service, that's when I became a coach. And I, I realized that, that action is the greatest adversary of adversity, and I decided that it was never too late to change your life. And so Action Already came out of that, and, and, and Action Already is a, a coaching company, and that's exactly what we help people do, overcome adversity and take action on their dreams, literally build, change their life, build their dreams, and stop talking about it, be about it, right? And, and that's, that's what I did. I wanted to sleep at faith, and it, it changed the course of my life, and, and I did it against really all odds like no everyone talks about wanting to do this shit and no one ever sits down and, and, and does it yeah but i know there's people out there they want to do it and i can help you do it you know um so so that's really what that was and I, w- I was coaching and i was going to grad school online while we were traveling and and it really just started to change my life about it's it's like for the first time after i realized those cycles were going on in my life i took ownership of my life and i decided to stop letting the past or things outside of myself, or whatever, control me, and I, like, became in charge of my life in the direction I wanted to leave. And that doesn't mean it was fucking easy at all, but it was empowering to know that I can do anything I, I set my mind to. So what was your favorite part about your travels during those those two years? Either fun and, or lesson learned, but, but either way, what yeah. was the, the, the most, uh, you know... Uh, the thing that stands out the most to you about that trip? It's, that's a great question. I, um, so I spent 10 months abroad and, you know, it was, it was so incredible. I went to Costa Rica. I lived there for, for four months. I, I lived in, in the jungle for a month at a surf camp. Um, we moved to Peru and we're there for two and a half months. We lived in the, a small town in the Andes mountains and it just felt so freeing. And then we moved to Colombia. And actually two years ago now we were living in Colombia and I think that of all the places we went, Colombia was the most amazing. It was, it was, it was incredibly beautiful. And Medellin, Colombia is incredibly beautiful. The mountains, the jungles surrounding the city, the waterfalls, the countryside, the, the, the coffee region. And the people there are the most warm and welcoming people you'll ever meet. It's just an incredible, incredible place. And it's so far removed from what people especially in the United States, think. Every time I say I live in Colombia, they think about narcos. Right. And it's like, okay, I understand, but you have no idea what you're missing because Colombia is just such an incredible place. And, you know, we went, we went there, and my, 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 um, my wife now, she was scared when we first got there. And she was nervous. We went out to dinner one time. You know, there's graffiti. It's a big city. There's graffiti on the walls. There's people asking for money and all these different things, completely new. And she, really what she was doing was living these these fears of other people that she had learned about who, from people who had no experience being in Colombia. And 
you know, over the next month and a half or so, actually the next day, we went on a walking tour of the city. And on that one walking tour, like four people ran up to us and said, welcome to Columbia. My home is your home. Thank you for coming. And it just started this shift. It started this shift in us, especially her, that really led to us realizing that we don't need to be programmed by the bullshit and propaganda that's going on in the outside world by the media or whoever's pulling the strings. We get to create our own life. And so we had just the most incredible time. Um, after Columbia, we went to, to Europe. We backpacked around Europe for eight, uh, eight weeks. Ended up our trip in front of the, with an engagement in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris, France, and um, just, and then came home and we spent quite a bit of time traveling around, yeah, around the U.S. And with that, but as you asked, I, I was just going to say congratulations, by the way, with that, that like I, I like I said, I'll say it again, but the, <laughs> go see Jesse's Instagram page because uh, just those pictures alone are pretty inspiring. So I'm glad that you're here to tell us the 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 tales of what what really goes on because you know i was born in a different country so i was born in mexico and so i understand what you're saying that you know uh, juarez to be exact one of the most dangerous cities in the world especially the last 10 15 years you know more deaths in in month in a few months than the whole iraq and afghanistan war you know so so i get it when we say about danger there is a there's an element of danger right uh that is true but there's also the people Right. So I'm glad that you're here to speak on that. But uh, but yeah, congratulations on, on your marriage and, and your 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 travels. But, you know, continue, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. So you asked me, like, you know, what was the, the biggest one? And I mean, to me, the best experience was in Colombia. And it's really when we 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 realize that we are in charge of our life and that we can separate ourselves and how we think and feel from what other people think and feel about something specifically in this case, Colombia. And, and we really took ownership of that and just realized that there's so much out there. The world is so full of opportunities and you just got to go out there and do it. You have to take action. And that's where action oriented comes in. And that's what I help people do is to take action on those things to realize whatever the goals they, they want to have instead of being so programmed by the outside. But um, I think that was the most incredible place. And that's why I feel so, I'm just now, I'm, I'm launching Action Adventures, and we are putting on adventure travel and sacred medicine retreats in, in Colombia. So what we're doing is taking people on a week down there, and it's a transform, transformative, mentally, physically, spiritually retreat in, in Colombia, and it's the perfect place to keep this going. And, you know, it's, it's, as much as traveling has changed my life, I think it's just the greatest gift that I can pass this on to other people and help them experience what I've experienced in Colombia specifically because it is such an incredible place. That's um. I mean, that's amazing. And I love um, the way you describe it. You know, it's, you know, guides for people and adventure travel, which who doesn't want that, right? Especially if you're in the military, that's, that's kind of inherent in, in, in us, right? But the other part too is the sacred medicine uh, retreats and exotic locations. So um, let's talk about that. Sacred medicine, what exactly are we talking about here? And, you know, I mean, I might have some ideas, but, you know, give us a little bit of, of what you have in store yeah, absolutely. So we are working with um, indigenous medicines that have been indigenous or native to the Amazon for hundreds of years. The first one being ayahuasca, they call yahe in Colombia, cambo and bufo, which are medicine that comes from frogs. But these are deeply emotional clear, clear, cleaning and, and spiritually uplifting medicines that truly transform and heal at a deep, deep fundamental level. And, you know, I just I, um, I started my trip off with an ayahuasca retreat, and it, it started to shift things in me. 
and then I was able to experience some other medicines in Colombia. And then I've been down there now a couple times to, to, to work with different shamans and facilitators and just get a feel for, for what is going on. And, you know, Mario, as I, as I think about the world, where we are right now, as a society, as the United States and what was going on, we're missing something that's very key. And I think it's a little bit of soul, a little bit of love, a little bit of, a, a little bit of something bigger is happening here. And these, these, these retreats that I'm facilitating here are, are going to change people's lives. And these medicines are changing people's lives. And I've, worked, I've worked with a number of people that are navigating trauma or major transition. And these medicines get to the root of who you are and show you your greatness and help you move forward in life without the baggage and the cycles that have been replaying below the, below the surface for so long. Oh man, that's, I mean, that sounds amazing. I, I can't even wait. Uh, I want to talk to you more about this, obviously offline, you know, but I want people to know about this obviously too. So anything we can do to help you, you know, push this out because um, one of the things that, you know, I've actually been talking to and, um, I don't think, you know, you know, Crystal's my co-host, my, my, my significant other, if you will. She was also in the military too. And, you know, as, as we get older, you know, when we're trying to stay in shape, you know, it gets harder and harder. We have kids, we have a, a family, we have careers, um, but also not just physically fit, but we want to be mentally fit, right? Just like our, the soldier's creed for, at least for the army guys, I know the Marine Corps has its own creed, but it's, it's always about maintaining yourself, right? Your weapons, your, your, your mind. And that's one thing I think we forget. We forget about mental health and these uh, like ayahuasca, for example. Right. I mean, these are all DMT based uh, substances, right, where I don't know if people understand what exactly that means. I think there was a misconception for a long time, you know, as far as talking about mushrooms and acid and things like that, that people are like, this is what hippies do. This is illegal. This is not good for you. Um, you know, you this is this is what, uh, you know, serial killers do. Right. This is what the uh, Manson family was on. You know, they, everybody thinks that that these things make you do these horrible acts when nobody really understands that it's it's a connection with what, from what I what I've read. Right. Because I haven't done it myself, but I've been very interested in this subject for a long time. Just never found the time or 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 the connections to do this the right way, because you do want to do this the right way. Right. You don't. This isn't a lot of people think of it like as a is a party drug or, or you know uh, not necessarily ayahuasca but th these other you know dmt substances but it really is from what i understand a connection to your roots to earth um it kind of it kind of makes me uh, think about um um god what was that that movie with the um um yeah, it was an alien planet it was like way in the future you know where they have a connection with with the the trees and, and the animals and uh avatar that's the movie i, I think of right where they can literally yeah. talk to the trees and nature. And it feels like, you know, you, you ground yourself when you're on these substances. It, it takes you back and it kind of, uh, it makes you see you for who you are. As far as I understand from what I've read, from what I've heard from people who've been on these uh, trips. And so to yeah. me, it's, it's, I mean, that's the next level, right? As we get older, like, like I feel like, man, where has, and I, and I feel bad. It almost makes me feel like I've been missing out. I'm like, if this is true, like I should have done this 20 years ago. You know, it, it people talk about it changing their life around, changing their perspective on on their careers and, and what they're actually doing and the value, the actual value of life. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, obviously you've been through this, right? 
I don't know if you can talk on that or describe what you've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that these medicines are not to be taken lightly. They're, they're, they're serious medicines and they are not recreational drugs. They are, DMT is dimethyltryptamine is pr- produced by your pineal gland. And what they say is it's a spirit molecule because it's what pushes your body, excuse me, your spirit out of your body when you die. So you can believe whatever you want about that, but that's kind of what, what, why they call it that. But these, these medicines go in, they do a diagnosis. They're very intelligent. They, they decide what sort of healing you need, and they show you different parts of yourself, your past life. And really what they do is help you break down the ego structures that are in your mind that keep you from, from seeing the truth about who you are. You know, a lot of times my experiences and other people I've talked to, a lot of times medicines show, you know, how they treated other people or how they were present with their, their, their kids or their partner or whatever. And it's, it's an opportunity to change your life in a really powerful way. But what we're doing is I'm sure there's, there's people that can, that can abuse these things, but we're working with traditional shamans from Punta Mayo, Colombia, which is where these things came from um, in, in Colombia. And we're helping people truly transform their lives, see some of the beauty of the countryside of, of Colombia, be immersed in the culture and see some of the history of, of Medellin, Colombia. I mean, you talked about Juarez. Um, Medellin, Colombia was the most dangerous city in the world in the early 90s, and it became the most innovative city in the world in the early 2010s. And it speaks to the power of transformation, which is why Colombia, this retreat we're putting on is like there's no better place to transform your life than, than these retreats here um, in this medicine. And that's exactly what it does. But it's, 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 for, it's for serious people who are going through some shit that need to create some serious changes in life. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that sounds amazing to me. I can't imagine people not wanting to go through this, especially um, who, people who want to take this serious, right? People who want change. And here's the thing, right? I don't think, and this is my opinion, you don't have to be at the bottom, you don't have to be at your, your lowest level to want to grow, right? I think even people who, who, who believe they're, they're on the right path should always want to keep growing, right? For example, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm on a good path. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've got a good family. I've got my podcast, but I want more, right? And not, and not, when I say more, I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, money and, 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 you know, my position in life, I want more as far as spiritually, like I want to, to, to be more connected with my, my children, right? At this point, I'm, uh, everything I'm doing is to continue setting an example for, for these kids as they grow up, you know, so they can be better people at, at a younger age too, right? I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of things because, you know, my parents were too busy either working or living life and trying to raise us and, and kind of forgot that the best way to raise someone too is not just by actually physically doing it, by taking them to school, by picking them up, by, by, by watching over them, uh, you know, being the protector, but also the examples you set, right? And I think back you know, you know, I mean, obviously our, our parents are, were, were raised differently. Um, is spending time with your children, the way you show them, um, the way the examples you set for them is also a way to raise children. So sometimes you have to step back and do your own thing. And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing now, you know, and I feel like a lot of people should be hitting that direction and, and continue just because you have kids and you have a career doesn't mean your dreams are over doesn't mean your life's over. I feel like you can show your kids and your, your families and set an example for other folks just by doing the things that you want to do and, and setting a good example that way too. 
not just saying, hey, well, I got to work. I got a nine to five job and, you know, I've got a good house. I pay the bills and that's enough. Right. I feel like you can actually do more by actually going out there and proving that you can continue to grow and your your kids hopefully pick up on that, which, you know, I, I truly believe that, you know, kids, uh, <laughs> they watch you more than than than, you know, so. It's um, yeah. it's a great and so everything you're doing too, it's inspiring because people watch you and um, it's not just children, you know, who can learn from that, but it, adults too, you know, keep an open mind. I, I know there's a lot of folks that, you know, they get to a certain age and they get close-minded and I'm like, well, there's nothing I can learn from this guy, you know, what does he know? He's he's, ten years, twelve years, twenty years younger than me, you know. Um, I, I know more, and that's not always the case. I feel like an open mind has always been the key to success. So. I don't know, man. That's um, super interested. I know, you know, you, you know, I've read about some of the things you're doing. I've seen your, your, your posts and all that, but it's always good to, to catch up and know a little bit more uh, about why you're actually doing these things. So, so what's Jesse's next, uh, next steps besides action adventures? Yeah. So I'm, I'm starting up a podcast called the action hour. Like I said, I believe action is the greatest adversary of adversity. And I'm, I'm just, on a mission to inspire people to take action on their dreams. So action oriented action adventures and the action hours coming out February 1st. So awesome. um, if you want to tune into that, you can check it out on, on all places where podcasts are available, the action hour. Um, if you want to learn more or, you know, speak about uh, this or check out this infamous Instagram feed that Mark is talking about action underscore Jesse and um, action hyphen oriented.com has all information regarding the retreats and, and uh, offerings that I have to help people, uh, move forward in their life yeah it's true i mean if you're going to go on the instagram thing and you're going to want to punch jesse in the face because he's uh he has the most amazing life you're going to be like who the fuck is this guy this is this has to be fake right like there's there's no way that this is somebody's life and uh it is man i'm telling you like when i started seeing it i was like man this is freaking awesome like it 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 uh it it gets you uh it makes you a little bit jealous so you're like i want to be out there I want to be in the jungle. I want to be playing soccer with these kids in Peru, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty amazing life. But like you said, it's not, it's not impossible. You know, uh, you just got to get out there and do it. Right. And, and that's not everybody. I get it. That's not everybody's uh, dream to, to be traveling the world. Not everybody could do that, but you know, you can do it in your own community, you know, start small and, and move on and, and live. The point is that go and do your dream, right? Just go and live out your dream doesn't have to be Jesse's dream. doesn't have to be my dream, right? Uh, traveling is not for everybody, but whatever it is that you want to do, go do it. And at the end of the day, you know, those images, and, and I know it's just pictures and videos, but it is motivating to, to, to see somebody at the end of the day. It's not about the location. I think it's about the smiles, right? You see a picture with somebody's legitimately happy. It's not fake. Uh, and I know because, you know, it, it, like I said, I've, I've known you for a few years and uh, it, it, you can truly tell, you know, you're happy. And that to me is, I think that's the key to life. Right. And so I look forward to, uh, connecting with you on some of these, uh, trips and talking more about that in the future and, you know, bring you back on, on, on season two and give an update on everybody to see how, uh, how things are going out there. But for sure, uh, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story. You know, it's always good to be a little vulnerable to help others, you know, no, they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Mario, I appreciate that. And, and, um, I would just leave with 
your audience, if anybody is, is struggling through some shit, I am skilled at helping people eliminate trauma and navigate transition. And that's what's been the story of my life. And I'm, I know what it's like to be there. And I also know what it's like to, like we talked about before, to show, start to show up for yourself and decide that you don't want to live like this anymore. And then move forward from a place of understanding that there's a better life, that the, the best of your life awaits. So um, reach out if anybody has any, any questions or, or thoughts. And uh, yeah, Mario, I look forward to picking this conversation back up in the future. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Jesse Simpson. Remember, everybody, Action Oriented, Action Adventures. Go check out his Instagram page, his website, you know, and look out for that podcast coming out February 1st. You guys take care. You have a great day. Keep moving on. Are you all ready to up your drinking game? Absinthe Minded AZ is a pretty freaking amazing and super rare company. Absinthe is truly an acquired taste type of drink. People like Picasso, Hemingway, and Van Gogh were known to throw back a few. I mean, The Raven may have never been written if Edgar Allan Poe wasn't drinking this stuff. Who, by the way, was an artilleryman in the United States Army. Go Redlegs. This misunderstood spirit became legal again in the United States in 2007. And now you can try it for yourself here in AZ. Plus, co-owners Doc Ordovich and Justin Slusher are pretty cool dudes. Absinthe Minded is produced with 100% natural herbs based off of traditional formulations with variations to accommodate the palates of the modern drinker. Pour, sip, and enjoy. So if you want to find out more about this amazing company, go to their Facebook page or AbsentheMindedAZ.com. And their Instagram page is pretty dope. Mmm, Catino Sauce Company has the sexiest, hottest, hot. Uh, <clears throat> nope, that's all wrong. Hold on. Catino is the sexiest, hottest, hot, hot sauce. Damn it. That's all wrong. What nope. are you doing? Trying to record this ad for Catino Sauce Company. Catino? You mean the best damn hot sauce on the planet with tons of flavors like jalapeno, habanero, chipotle, verde, and all kinds of others I can't pronounce. They also have amazing limited flavors like mango and blueberry. Yep, that's it. My favorite is ghost. It makes my butt burn. <laughs> you gotta act fast though, cause they're always selling out of that one. Okay. Just visit catinosauce.com for more flavors and customized bundles. Also, go ahead and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. My homeboy and CEO of Catino Sauce Company, Jacob, will appreciate that. What you drinking? My favorite drink ever. Pistachio blended brew with a coffee base and a little extra shot of caffeine from Sweets Cold Brew Coffee Company. Gotta get ready for that show, Crystal. And did you know that Sweets Cold Brew is the first and only cold brew coffee shop in the state of Arizona? It's for rad people only. I'm rad. The only thing that would make them better is if they sold beer and wine. Funny you should say that. Just check out their menu at sweetsbrew.com. That's sweets with a Z in the middle. Uh, they also got an awesome Instagram page. Sweet Stash is a home-baked business specializing in cake pops, brownies, cakes, and more. Celebrate your special occasions with all of your favorite people. If we're at a party and they have Sweet Stash, I know where Mario will be by the cake pop stand. To place your orders, check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Um, where are you off to? I'm going to check out Alien Donuts. They are a funky, hip donut concept with planetary beats and out-of-this-world treats. 
They have vegan, gluten-free, classics, specialty, and space-themed donuts. Yum. What else do they got? They also offer nitro brew coffee, rocket shakes, and freshly made ice cream. And how can I find them, Crystal? Well, they are located in the heart of Old Town Scottsdale on Fifth Avenue. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, or AlienDonuts.com. Do not stop believing. Have you all heard of Valor's Veterans Community AZ? Well, let me tell you about them. They are a 501c3 nonprofit which helps organize social gatherings and volunteer opportunities for veterans and their families. VVC was created in 2018 by our good friend Ro Gonzalez. You may have heard him on this show before. Uh, this guy's awesome, man. He's got the hookup to all sorts of sporting events, movie premieres, and all kinds of cool shit. Bringing like-minded people together not only allows everyone to share resources, but also helps reconnect that bond military members had while they were still in the service. VVCAZ also holds a monthly coffee social the third Saturday of every month where local organizations can share their resources. Their goal is to build Arizona's strongest veteran community by engaging veterans one at a time. Please check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and ValorsVeteransCommunityAZ.org.